Good morning, everybody. You are stuck with me today. Pastor Jeff, Pastor Jeff announced it last week, and yet you're still all here. So thank you very much for that. No, but seriously, welcome to Elevate Church. Um, on behalf of Pastors Jeff and Jess, who are on vacation right now, we just want to say thank you. Uh, welcome to church, and uh, we hope you guys are having a great Sunday so far. And uh, hopefully, if I do really well, it'll still be a great Sunday. So I'm just going to go ahead and kick things off with some prayer. Jesus, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for some, this awesome, awesome church filled with amazing people with huge hearts, God. Today, I just want you to speak through me. I can't help anybody in here. I'm not that great. And so I just want you to speak through me, God. Tell people what they need to hear and, uh, and use this message to impact lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I got a little story for you that I'm going to kick off with. Now, hear me all the way through. Halfway through the story, you're thinking, where's this guy going with this? Just, just strap in your seatbelts, and here we go. So about 2012, long time ago, right? It feels like it. I was graduating high school, and a little bit before that and a little bit after that, I, I was dating this girl. So it lasted for a total of three years. And right when it ended, and again, when you're young, come on, people, three years, that's a long time, all right? Especially when you're 18, that's like a fifth of your life, if my math is right or something like that. Uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm bummed, and, but I know right, right when things are ending, um, I know that I'm going to be moving to the Cincinnati area in six months, and so if, I'm just going to be honest with you today, basically what happened was I told the Lord, I was like, look, like, I told him what his plan needed to be, basically. And I said, I'm going to move into Cincinnati area in like six months, so I'm just going to kind of swear off dating. And uh, when I get to Cincinnati, like, then I'll pick it back up, because what's the point to start something now when I'm moving an hour away? And, uh, and basically, if we're going to be honest, I kind of thought in my head that because I was doing this, like, good thing, quote-unquote, by, like, not getting into any relationship right away and waiting, I kind of thought that, like, as I pulled into this new neighborhood on opening day, there would just be this hot neighbor, like, hey, I love Jesus, and I want to date you, you know, like, but that didn't happen, surprisingly, okay, so that six months goes by, and uh, so I get down there, nothing, another six months, Nothing. And so finally, you know, it's been a year at this point, and I'm going, hey, God, remember, like, I don't like being single, and I'm 21, so I'm getting old. <laughs> That's not true. Um, and so I'm like, God, when is this going to happen? And, and another six months goes by, and we're still here, and, and I haven't met anybody. And, and God knows what's best. He loves us. He's got it all worked out if we follow his plan. But I didn't want to follow his plan at the moment. So I told God, this is about a year and a half in, I told God, I said, basically, look, you got bigger things to worry about. You got like wars and starvation and stuff. So like, I'm going to take this off your plate and I'm going to go make it happen myself. So what did I do? This is, this, I thought this was kind of genius. I got a gym membership. Okay, <laughs> because why? Why? Because you can meet a lot of females at gym memberships. Gym memberships, sorry, at the gym. And, uh, and so I, I'm like, God, don't worry, I'm going to take this off your plate. I'm a year and a half in. It's not going how I wanted it to go. So I'm just going to go ahead and get a gym membership, which he had to be laughing about because I've never worked out a day in my life. And he's like, that's not for you. And so surprisingly enough, 
uh, you know, I go to the gym, and it's one of those that it's like a 24-hour deal, so the lights only kick on when people are in there. And I went with Matt, and I think it was like me, Matt, a 45-year-old guy, and like an 85-year-old woman. So obviously, like this, I just got a sign right then and there that this was not going to be happening for me. I'm like, lady, you're 85. You don't need to be working out. You've made it this far. Like, it's not going to help or hurt the process, you know? So anyway, <laughs> surprisingly enough, because I tried it my way, that didn't work either. Now, let me pause for a second and back up. When Pastor Jeff invited um, me and Matt to come help start this church in the Cincinnati area, I was like, 50% excited about the church and doing it, but the real reason I moved down here was that there's a skyline on every single corner of every single city, of, and you don't have to look far to find a skyline down here, and so I was like, he was like, Cincinnati? I was like, skyline? Yeah, I'm there. I'll do it. I'll, I'll work. I'll make this church happen. So, lo and behold, I go to skyline every, now that we've moved down here, maybe one, maybe two, maybe 12 times a week. I don't know, and I meet a wonderful, wonderful lady named Kelsey. Where is she at? Right there. She's my girlfriend now, everybody. Woo! Okay, so I, I promise I'm going somewhere with this, all right? That's actually not the point of the story. The Lord brings amazing gifts, and he does it in his timing, his plan. But here's what ended up happening. I'm super happy in our relationship. We're dating for about two months and uh, things are going really, really well, and I'm just, I'm just pumped. God has just dropped this huge gift into my lap, this amazing girl. She's got an amazing family. We click really well. Things are moving forward. And so I decided to stick out my gym membership and keep going. Now, remember, in the year and a half that I've been down here, it was a potential wife wasteland, okay, that I've been living in, in in this year and a half. And I just, it wasn't, nothing was really happening for me. So obviously God drops this huge gift on my lap and it's amazing. Um, but, and so I'm super happy and I'm not worried about it changing. It's going in a great direction. But I walk into the gym after about a month of us dating. And I didn't get an exact count, but I'm pretty sure there was like 7 million uh, single female people working out at this gym. And, and again, I'm super content in my relationship, very happy, very blessed. But at the same time, I was like, where was this all year and a half that I've been down here? Like, come on. Now, here's where I'm going with this, okay? <laughs> I had a choice in that very moment to go, I can either see that God has dropped this epic, wonderful gift in my life, an answered prayer, everything checks off on the list, or I can get distracted by what the bait that's in front of me, and I can lose what's going on, and I miss the blessing that's right in front of my eyes. That's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to look at the story of uh, Jonah. And uh, Jonah, a lot of times we think of like Jonah and the whale, like this is a happy kid story. But if you actually finish the story, he actually, it ends with him being super mad, depressed, and he probably dies alone and angry. And so to set up Jonah, we're going to read through it real quick. It's a really short story. But basically, um, we'll go ahead and throw up uh, Jonah 1 up there. It'll be on the screen in case you don't have Bible. But basically, Jonah has a dream. And it says, the Lord gave this message to Jonah get up and go to the great city of Nineveh, which Nineveh was one of the biggest cities in the world at the time. About 150,000 people lived there. And it said, announce my judgment against it because of how wicked the people are. Jonah went up in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord, went down to the port, found himself a ship, and left. 
Now, I really think that the reason Jonah left is because Nona's a big, or, sorry, Nineveh's a big, bad city. And he knows that if he goes there telling them all the things that they're doing wrong, they're probably not going to like that message too much, right? So he probably is fearful for his life, to be honest with him. They're probably just going to kill him as soon as he gets there and starts preaching. So he takes off. He's like, God, I don't want anything to do with this plan. I know this is what you set in motion for me, but adios. And so he takes off, and we continue. Uh, God causes a... uh, a storm to arise because God really wants to use him for this epic purpose to save thousands and thousands and thousands of lives. And so God sends a a storm, sorry, to to knock the ship over, uh, to cause crazy waves. And and so the, the, the people, I'm sorry, the sailors, they ended up throwing him overboard. And so we continue on and, uh, sorry, let me read this. (laughs) And, uh, and, Jonah admits that it's his fault. He's running away from God. And so finally, he continues. They throw him overboard. And instead of dying, because God, remember, has a plan for him, God sends a big fish, right? We've all heard the story, right? And, and so the big fish uh, swallows him up. He lives in the fish for three days. He has plenty of time to think. And then he decides to go on his way. So in chapter 3, um, if you want to go ahead and skip over to that, he, he makes his way to the city, and something strange happens. He thinks, man, this city is so bad, it's so big, they're notorious for being really bad, that there's no way they're going to listen to me. There's no way they're going to care. They're probably going to have me killed. He's probably super mad, and like, as he's walking in to uh, the building, he's probably, uh, or into the town, he's probably like, I'm going to die. They're not going to like what I have to say. They're going to reject it. And so he's bitter in this moment. But surprise, the king and the people, they receive his message, they repent, God saves everybody, and it ends happy. Except for Jonah. Jonah, if you read through at the very end of the story, he is super bitter at God. Why? The reason is he lets the enemy get in his ear and say, look, you almost died three times. You almost died when you were thrown overboard. You almost died when you were eaten by a fish. You almost died coming into the city. And God loves you and God is excited, or I'm sorry, God loves these sinners and God is taking care of these sinners and God forgave these sinners and he's just as excited about them as he is for you after you went through all that crap. And so what he does is he begins to get in Jonah's ear at, look, is God really that good? Is God really that great? Because you've busted your butt for I don't know how long trying to make this happen, trying to serve God, and all you get is basically like a thank you, and God's like all excited and and, and loving these people just as much as you. Where's your reward? Where's your bonus? And so what happens is the enemy plants this lie in his head that says serving God isn't really the best thing that you can be doing with your life. And here's how he does it. Ever since the beginning of time, when you look at the story of Adam and Eve, what happened? Adam and Eve, they had paradise, right? They had the Garden of Eden. And so every day they hung out with God. They probably rode giraffes everywhere. It was like a super cool place to be. Like there's no vacation destination that you can go that is as epic and as nice as the Garden of Eden. They had everything, but what, what did the enemy 
get them to do. He got them to doubt. He planted that question that he plants in our lives every single day. Is God really for you? Is he holding out on you? Is serving him the best thing that you can be doing with your life? Because here's the truth. A lot of us look around, we go, you know what? I tithe, I serve, I show up at church, I give big, I help people out, I talk to my neighbor about Jesus. And when I look around at my life, I'm not totally satisfied. Anybody, can anybody relate? It's, uh, it's summertime, which means it's Jeep season, okay? And if we're just being honest, every time I see somebody at Jeep Wrangler, I look at them like, I hate you, okay? I want one so bad. You know, the top is down, they're listening to music, and it's just awesome, and, I, and I'm super jealous. And here's the lie that the enemy will put in your and in, in my life every single day if we let him. And that is, he goes, hey, Levi, look, you work full-time for a church. You're giving your all. You're not making a ton of money, but so-and-so seems to have it so much better. So-and-so seems to make a bigger paycheck. So-and-so seems to drive this. Look at this sweet Jeep passing you on the road that you don't drive, right? And this is exactly, whatever it looks like, it may be different. The temptations and the distractions may be different for us individually, but it's the same lie. It's the same message over and over again. Just like in the garden, all the enemy had to do is go, yeah, sure, guys, the garden is sweet. Don't don't focus on the garden. Don't focus on the blessing. Instead, focus on what you could be missing. You know, when I, when I walked into that gym this, the second time or the third time, because I don't go very often, I had a choice to go, I can either be super thankful and focus on the blessing that God has given me, and I can focus on what he's, the present that he's dropped into my lap and this answer to prayer, or I can focus on all this bait being hung in my face as I'm here. You guys are kind of tracking? And this is, this, is how, this is how his plan has been ever since the beginning. You know, in the story of Jonah, it's, it's about a 4,000-year-old story. And we're still talking about it today. And the thing is that Jonah died angry and alone and bitter. And he missed out on the fact that he had saved over 100,000 people because he let the enemy's lie get into his head and, and basically get him dissatisfied with his life and with his situation. And basically what happened was he let the enemy settle in that question of is serving God really the best thing you can be doing with your life? Is loving God really worth it? What's all this hassle for if you look around and you're not totally satisfied with your life, right? You know, Jonah missed it. I, I honestly believe that if Jonah would have got it, if he wouldn't have let that lie settle, God probably, probably would have used him again to move him on to another city and save another 100,000 people. But that didn't happen because here's the truth. The enemy has two goals when he plants this lie. The first one is that, A, that you miss what God is doing in your life. You miss you miss the miracles that he is doing. You miss the, mess, the blessings that you do have. If all you can do is look at your neighbor's wife and think about how hot she is, you miss about how great your own wife is, right? And so the truth is, is that if he can plant this lie, all you do is miss and you cannot celebrate what God is currently doing in your life, what he's already brought you, what he's already blessed you with. But the more important, the second part of his scheme, the second part of the trap of this lie is this. 
every time you go to church, every time you live in obedience to God, you're, you send off a siren for the enemy to go, this is who I need to mess with today. And I'm not saying that to get you afraid because Jesus said in this world you'll have trouble, so take heart, I've already overcome the world. I paid for your forgiveness, I paid for your victory, and we believe that. So I'm not saying that to get you scared. But you do have an enemy. Let's make that very, very clear. And that he's going to try to get you down and get you to compare and get you to think that your life is less than or dissatisfactory. And when he does that, he gets you to alienate yourself from God, alienate yourself from the goodness of God, create space between you and what God wants to do with your life, and ultimately, you go from being a superstar in the kingdom of God to taking the bench, given enough time. Because the truth is, is that if my mic died. Oh, no, it didn't. We're good. <laughs> the truth is, is that if he can get you to become dissatisfied, to look around and never be happy with what he's done, to never be happy with how far he's brought you, ultimately you'll go, you know what? This whole Jesus thing, this whole serving God thing, it really isn't for me. It really isn't all it's cracked up to be. It really doesn't seem to benefit my life that much. Why? Because we're not focusing on what Jesus is doing, on what he's already done, on the plans he has for your life, but just about how it currently seems to fall short. Um, I'm going to try to keep this short so that we don't die of heat stroke in here. Um, worship team, you guys can come on up. You know, this morning, um, in no way, shape, or form am I saying that uh, everybody in here should settle. Nobody should settle. It is it is absolutely awesome to work hard, to have goals, to be uh, financially stable. That is absolutely what God wants for you in our lives. So I'm not saying sell all your stuff. I'm not saying uh, settle for less. That is not what I'm getting at because ultimately God wants everybody in this room to be have such a blessed life that we can pour over into everybody else. But if you take away anything, if I can boil it down to one thing today, if I can, if I can mash this message into one sentence, it would be this. If you, could write, if you want to write something down, it says, when you focus on everything you could possibly be missing, you miss everything that could be possible. When you focus on everything that you could possibly be missing, you miss everything that could be possible. Jonah missed out on one of the greatest stories on the Old Testament. He could have, he could have been a hero. Adam and Eve got themselves kicked out of the garden for the same thing. You and I, every single day, the enemy wants to take you off the starting team from, from scoring points for the kingdom of God and to get you to eventually sit the bench because you look around at your life and you go, this isn't worth it. This isn't what I planned. This isn't what I wanted to do. This, is how, this isn't how I wanted it to go. And that's all because we're just given the, the lie too much time a day. We're giving it too much thought. We're giving it too much attention and we're missing the plans and the directions that God wants to take our lives. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know who this is for exactly today, um, but I don't know. I just kind of felt like someone needs to hear this. And some of you younger people may know that this sentence is actually yes. It's from a Justin Bieber song, but that doesn't make it any less true, okay? 
I think someone in here needs to understand and needs to hear today that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. The grass is green where you water it, right? There, there's not a better marriage or a better spouse that if you just left and upgraded, you know how you become satisfied in your marriage is when you work for it. It's when you sacrifice. It's when you die to yourself every single day and you put that other person first and you love them like Jesus does. That's how you become happy. The grass isn't always greener. There's not, that Mercedes may look nice, but what they don't tell you is when it breaks down, it costs 10 times more to fix. So put, you know, a new set of tires on your car and make it last and be proud of it and be blessed by it. Because the grass isn't always greener on the other side. It's green where you water. It's green where you sow. It's green where you plant seed and water. It's green where you work for it. Every single day, the enemy wants us to buy into this idea that serving Jesus isn't the best thing we can be doing with our lives. That somehow we can try and try and try, but yet we're still not gonna be a millionaire. We're still not gonna have that killer job or that killer spouse or, or that lake house or whatever. And, and really, all that that's doing is getting you to miss what you do have getting you to miss where he wants you to go, getting you to miss what he's trying to say to you every single morning. If all I'm doing driving down the road looking at cars that I don't drive, how could I ever hear from the Holy Spirit on what he wants me to do that day? And I'm not trying to make it all about possessions because uh, Pastor Matt and Pastor Jeff did a killer job the past two weeks kind of addressing that. But I do want to reinforce this idea that you and I are under attack every single day. And he wants to move you from the all-star team to the bench as fast as he can, the enemy does. And you can either let that happen, given enough time, you can chase that bait that he dangles in front of your face every single day, or you can say, you know what? I know who I am. I know who God made me to be. I know where he's taken me. And I'm good with that. I'm real, real good with that. And things may not be perfect. Things may be bunky, bumpy. It may rain, but that's okay. That's okay, because I'm not going to buy into this lie. I'm not going to end my life someday miserable and alone and jealous and jaded and miss out on what God had planned for me. Because this morning, I really believe that as a church, if this is something we can really grasp, it just energizes us. It just supercharges us as a church to move forward that we're good. We're good with life. We're good where God's taken us. We're not going to buy into these lies anymore. We're not going to give it the time of day. We're not going to give up when situations are tough. We're going to water that grass. We're going to make it grow. And we're going to move forward as a church and take ground and elevate church to be known as a place with people that are happy, healthy, and full of joy. Everybody just go ahead and uh, stand with me real quick. I'm not going to do any kind of altar call, but I do want, if everybody could just close their eyes real quick. And, you know, if you have just lately um, been just beat up uh, by the enemy, and 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 if, if lately you've been looking around and you're like, man, my life doesn't add up. My life is not looking how I thought it would. My life, I try and I try and I serve Jesus and I'm not totally satisfied when I look around and and the enemy is just knocking on my door day in and day out. If that's you, just go ahead and raise your hand for a second. Because we're just going to pray today. 
And we're just going to cancel that right now. Together, we're just going to come together and go, you know what? Not buying. You may be selling devil, but we're not buying. We're good. We're whole. We're saved. We're loved. And we're happy. Jesus, I just thank you so much for this church. And I just thank you so much that... um, that this place is not going to be a bunch of Jonas. It's not going to be a bunch of Adam and Eve. It's not going to be a bunch of people that watched um, what you're doing in their lives fly by because we're so obsessed with chasing the bait that the enemy puts in front of us every single day. I'm speaking to myself this morning. The only reason I'm talking about this topic is because, God, you've brought me through it. You have helped me and you have opened up my eyes. Otherwise, I would still be drowning in it. And so, Lord, right now, we just come against the plans of the enemies. Any, we just, anybody who is struggling, anybody who's attacked, anybody who's beat up, who's not satisfied, God, right now, we just come against the plans of the enemy, and we say, we know that God is taking our lives from glory to glory, from grace to grace, upgrade to upgrade, however that might look like individually for our lives and situations, that you are constantly molding us to be more like you. We're finding joy more and more in each day. We have more and more purpose each day. And we move on from here after this service, Father. Full of life. Blocking the enemy's plans. Blocking him trying to get you to sit the bench. And so, Jesus, we just receive it right now. We just say thank you that we are not going to be so focused on everything we could possibly be missing that we miss everything that could be possible in our lives through you. And so we love you, God. We seal this in the name of Jesus. And we just command joy to come from heaven, peace to come down from heaven, understanding and eyes to see right through all the bull crap that the enemy tries to throw at us every single day. And so God, we just seal it now. We love you. We give you this Sunday. And, uh, And we just know that you're moving amazingly in this place, amazingly in our lives. Help us to see, God. Help us to see everything that you're doing, big and small, so that we can shut up those lies. So we can go, devil, you know what? I'm good. I know what my God has done today. I know what he's brought me from. I know what he's brought me out of. I know what he's forgiven me from. And that we can move forward in joy and peace and love and all just be rock stars for your kingdom. Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for being here today. Uh, We just really love you. Elevate Church is so excited. Thank you so much. I will let you out of this hot building, but seriously, every every week, 11 o'clock, tell your friends, tell your family, we want them to come here, get touched by God, and uh, be blessed. Have a great week. You are dismissed.